Welcome to Time to Restore Podcast. Join us as we engage in healing conversations from a therapy and faith perspective, exploring what it means to restore our whole selves. We would love your support, so if you would subscribe and leave a rating for us, we would really appreciate that as well. We invite you to take time with us as we consider today's topic. Hi, welcome. Thank you for stopping by Time to Restore. My name is Kate. I'm here with Chrissy. We are therapeutic professionals active in our local church. We love people, we love community, and we love talking about the healing process. We do love talking about the healing process. And this season, we're talking about boundaries. Today, we're talking about boundaries in marriage. We're going to really be giving an overview. We're going to be touching on points specific to boundaries in marriage. So we did want to say this is not a marriage seminar. Mm -hmm. This is not an all-encompassing marriage discussion. This Mm -hmm. is really, again, staying in the lane of boundaries in marriage. We want to encourage you that this could be just the start of you exploring maybe where boundaries need to be discussed or explored in your marriage. And that could be where you maybe are able to do it on your own. It could be really helpful to seek out a professional a support, professional therapist to, to come alongside you. Whatever comes up as you're listening to this episode, we encourage you to consider maybe starting that relationship, seeking out professional support as well in this discussion. Which can be really helpful when you're not really sure where to go because you have two different ways of seeing something. Yes. What can be so nice about reaching out to a therapist is that you're bringing in someone else to help you hear each other, communicate to each other, and really grow in your relationship when you're struggling to to do that on your own. My husband and I have seen therapists a couple times in our marriage And even mentors in our spiritual community has been so helpful to helping us see each other. Mm. So let's get into it, Kate. Boundaries in marriage. When Matt and I got married, I was like, I'm pretty much always right, Matt. And so just come along with what I'm saying and doing and everything's going to be okay. Mm. And there was a emotional imbalance in our relationship because I just needed him to be and attend to everything I needed. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's such a, I'm sure, a common experience. You live your life as an independent person. You have all your autonomous thoughts and feelings. And then you try to create a life with another person. And how do you do that? Well, mm-hmm. I'm always right. So if you just follow my lead, we'll be A-OK. Yeah. And that does not work. Nope. <laughs> it doesn't. Especially <laughs> because I may always be right for me, which I'm not, but I might be. I'm not always going to be right for both of us because Mm -hmm. now you have two different personalities that are trying to get their needs met. You have two different human life experiences that Mm -hmm. need different things from the world in order to feel replenished. Right. And so how do you manage those things together without overrunning each other and draining each other or becoming destructive with each other? And this is where boundaries in marriage are so helpful recognizing that you are different and you have different needs and so that's where boundaries can be beneficial like we've talked about boundaries create space for connection not division and so how do you recognize the differences in and communicate about what each other needs in specific ways I know when my husband and I got married I you know not that I wake up angry but I wake up and it's like don't talk to me don't touch me don't like leave me alone let it be dark and quiet my husband is like that sounds, with, that sounds so loving and inviting. I know, right? <laughs> My husband is like, up with the sun. Like he would have the music blasting and like be dancing out of bed, basically, I think. But that's just not how I am. So I remember before we got married, we met with a couple to kind of help us think through these different things. And that was one of the things we talked about, I feel like the most, <laughs> was essentially like morning 
morning balance, morning boundaries. When we first got married, I, I don't know why I'd have to really think about it, but the first couple of weeks, we every we got our coffee and sat down on the same couch with our Bibles. I think at first it was cute. It was like, you know, we just had our honeymoon. We lived together. This is exciting. That got old real fast mm-hmm. for me, specifically him too, we've reflected. But that was essentially where we had to have a conversation about uh, the revisiting the boundary because we already talked about it, of needing to not share the same couch, needing space with each other before the day got started. What's great about that is recognizing that what might work for a time might need to shift. Exactly. Right. The first week it was fun. It was exciting. We were doing everything together, newlyweds, and it wasn't sustainable. The negotiation right there, it really matters in marriage specifically because marriage is the one relationship that you have a covenant to stay with each other Mm. and two people becoming one. Yeah. And in the marriage relationship, then negotiation is key to being able to honor and respect our differences and thrive in the midst of what each other might need. Right. And I mentioned in the beginning of our marriage, I was very heavy on one way. And then years in, I realized he needs more space to celebrate life the way that Mm. he needs to celebrate life, to connect with God the way he needs to connect with God. Because for me, it was, here's the formula, do this, and then all will be well. That's not the case. And it took me forever to realize in order for him to be spiritually vibrant, he needs these specific things. Matt didn't have time for hobbies in the beginning of our marriage just because of all the commitments. I overcommitted us Mm. because that was very important and life-giving for me. What fills him are these fun activities. I mean, fills most of us. And I have found my own fun activities over the years. I just belittled his need for that. Mm. And I didn't realize what good it was doing and in this so your boundary is is seeing the differences and giving space for those I think sometimes we don't think of that as a boundary we've kind of said this a few times I think we really quickly think a boundary is this is this is my line or this was what protects me and that is part of boundaries in this and what you're saying there there's this representation that it's also giving each other space like okay I will hold myself back here to give you space here yeah. And you'll hold your back, yourself back here to give me space here. And that's mm-hmm. a really important thing when you're in any relationship, especially marriage, where you're, like you said, you're one, you're connected, you're doing everything together and, and trying to manage this molding of two separate different people. And it, along those lines, let's talk about physical interaction, because if you've listened to us any amount of time, you'll know I myself am not a very physically affectionate person. Chrissy is admittedly the same, so we do great. For me, though, I'm not a physically affectionate person. And in fact, often when somebody comes and is physical towards me, my antenna goes up Mm -hmm. and I feel protective and a little bit tense at first. It's my instinct kicking in to discern whether or not I'm safe. Mm -hmm. For Matt, he's so physically affectionate, even with his own friends. He loves physical affection and that... For in the beginning of our marriage, he thought it was so fun to run up and tickle me. But without realizing that, then I had hurdles to cross if mm. I wanted to be physically intimate with him then. Mm. But yeah. it, internally, I had to cross all those those hurdles of like being on guard, or feeling violated, feeling like he was invading my space. No one wants to feel like that towards their partner. And I think a lot of the time in the beginning, I took it on myself. Like this is my problem when really it was our problem. And if you're not willing mm, to work in point. negotiation, yeah, with each other, you're not really ever going to figure out 
a good outcome for both of you. Mm -hmm. It can take years Mm -hmm. in order to be able to work out and negotiate these boundaries. So have patience with each other because eventually you will be able to figure out what works for the both of you as a team. I remember a time where Joey, I don't know why, but went to kiss, whenever he'd go to kiss my cheek, would hit like right at the edge of my ear. And so it was super loud and I would cringe. Like he'd come like, multiple times he'd, for days, he'd come up to me and I would literally like fi- feel myself like, oh, here it comes. <laughs> and like dis- very much dislike him approaching me to kiss me on the cheek. I had to say to him, can you aim into a different spot? Because I, cr- I don't want to cringe when you approach me. And so right. in a similar, similar way, you have to, I love that you said that it's, it's our problem. Mm-hmm. If I just sucked it up and was like, well, I guess I'll just, I just got to like that he kisses really loud in my ear and it hurts. Like that's, that's not the way that our relationship, we want our relationship to be. That's not the way he wants the relationship to be. And so bringing that to him, he very quickly was like, oh my gosh, I would love, yes. Like, oh, I hate that that was happening and, <laughs> and aimed to a different spot. Um, I think too, something I just want to throw in there so we don't forget it. There is a disclaimer that sometimes there is abusive intent in mm-hmm. relationship that yes. we need to be careful of that yes when when two people are wanting to lovingly physically interact then it's a it's a amicable you can discuss it maybe you need a little extra help with a therapist yeah sometimes unfortunately that is not the case yeah there is serious danger and serious safety issues and so if that's yep. something that you find yourself in i'd really mm-hmm. encourage you there's a, a domestic violence hotline you can go to a website it's really safe and, and a, a confidential place to to get help and so if in your marriage boundaries are constantly crossed physically you don't deserve that. Mm-hmm. It's important that you that you get help. And we also want to stress that the Bible should never be used to encourage mm-hmm. being abused yes. in a domestic violence situation. We will put a link to to that website I referred to so that you can grab that if it's if it's necessary in your life. Please get help today if that's necessary. Yes. Another episode that we are doing in this season is on parent to adult child relationship and how when you join a nuclear family of your own, you know, getting married, what does it look like to have your parents' involvement and what does it look like to form your own family? So in marriage, sometimes we have to have boundaries with our previous nuclear family, our our parents, our siblings, things like that, that then allow for our the new nuclear family to to have its own entity, to have a boundary around it. And we talk yeah. a lot about in that episode of, you know, holidays and how do you kind of create space for your home and, and yeah. things like that. There are changes that that might necessarily need to come about where you have discussions with your in-laws about about boundaries that might be being crossed so that you as a couple feel like you're able to still be in connection and relationship with that with that parent or that in-law and also still allow for health to be maintained in your family unit. A lot of arguments over this mm. in a nuclear family or in a marriage because yes. this the partners may not see eye to eye on what how much they want their extended families involved. Mm. And that can be the place where it needs to start. Unfortunately, when there's pressure from the extended family on the outside, then one might feel like they have to serve their extended family in this way. So just remembering that it begins with the agreement or the negotiation with what you and your partner are comfortable with. Mm -hmm. If you can get that clear, then that really helps to manage the relationships that are from the extended family. But I think most of the time what happens is that it's not clear or agreed upon in the marriage because one person is dealing with their own maybe diffuse boundary Mm. to their extended family and the extended family has way too much power emotionally over how that person feels about themselves 
or they don't want to give up time with their extended family, but the other spouse does want them to give up more time with their extended family. Mm -hmm. And maybe they're not dealing with the grief or the loss of not Mm -hmm. having as much contact with their extended family than they did when it was just them. Right. And these, again, are issues that could take years and might need a professional to help sort through. Definitely. I think there can also be, you're referring to sort of like holidays and experiences, I think, too, even like shared information. Mm. What about your marriage do you share with other other people, mm. especially your family? How much do you feel you have to keep, like, you know, say you're struggling in some way in your marriage? We'd encourage you to seek out professional help. Mm-hmm. How much do you tell your your sister your mom, your dad, your uncle? How much do you let those family members into the challenge that your marriage is going through? Yeah. And how much do you keep private between the two of you about this is what I'm struggling with, this is what he's struggling with, this is what our relationship is struggling with? And everybody's answer to that is going to be different because everybody has a different relationship with their family. Yes. Honoring your partner in the way that, the way that you speak about them to their now family members as well right and that just makes me think of just confidence in general Mm. in other relationships so I have friendships female friendships where they share what's going on in their life maybe it's a struggle they're having in their marriage Mm. and I have to use discernment about how much do I go home and tell my husband about that because it's their information it's not mine I try to be really honest with my husband about what's going on with me I don't always have to tell him, especially being a therapist, I feel like I often hold a (laughs) lot of things in confidence because that's a lot of what my job requires. I don't have to tell him what my friend is going through in her marriage. Mm -hmm. It could be that her her spouse then goes to my husband and asks him for support. And then as a couple, we can come together with them. Mm -hmm. But there's things that I've, I've kept. I've never told Joey about my friend's struggles because I've discerned that it's not important for him to know. I might be able to say, Hey, I think we need to be praying more for this couple. Yeah. I'm connecting with the wife. And I just, I think we need to be prayerful as a couple. That might be a way I approach it where I can bring him into it, but I'm not sharing details. And he's respecting that confidentiality, which is great. Right. Because a lot of times we share things about other people's process. Okay. Someone just told me that they're struggling in this way and I'm anxious. I don't know what to do with that. Mm -hmm. I feel like I can't help them. Mm -hmm. So then we vomited onto our spouse Mm -hmm. because we need somewhere to hold it. That's not ourselves. I love you said vomited that all (laughs) over my spouse because I think I did need that emotional support after hearing something that was heavy from a friend. Thankfully, Matt is the kind of guy who like would just support me because he kind of read that that was Mm. what I was needing. Yeah. After going through school and learning about confidentiality and how to hold things for people, I have gained so much more emotional security Mm. in being able to recognize that somebody's telling me something and they need me to hold them in it. Yeah. Yeah. Why would I put that pressure on my husband to have to hold it? Because it's just now spreading the responsibility around where somebody just really needed compassion, presence, empathy. Mm -hmm. Right. And so just a couple tips, if you find yourself struggling in that way that have been helpful for me, journaling mm-hmm. is really helpful. It's huge. Because it feels like you're putting it somewhere besides your own head. Yep. Prayer is also helpful. If you believe in the the power of sovereignty of God, that he, he sees that person. He is aware of that struggle, that situation. And so we can come and pray and, and even say like, okay, I don't know what to do with this anxiety I'm feeling about the fact that I can't help them and allow yeah. that process to help reduce that anxiety yep. and even use that as a place of discernment to then approach your spouse with the information that would be necessary for them to know, if any, if at all. 
if I do those two things, 99 times out of 100, I feel relieved of any burden. Mm. And then I would say the one last step would be maybe ask a mentor without revealing that person's identity. Yes. Yeah. How can I maybe move through it? Or do you have any ideas Mm -hmm. of what to say back to that person? Right. And that could even be even in in marriage without sharing like, oh, they said this and then they did this and I can't believe they felt this way. And then Mm -hmm. it just becomes more gossipy and and oftentimes not helpful. Makes it worse. (laughs) Yeah, it's not helpful. And here we can talk about our elements of self. In every episode, we talk about how the topic affects these four areas or elements of our life. And the first one we'll talk about is our body or physical expression of boundaries in marriage, which is there's a lot here. And so we won't get into everything. But the very obvious physical boundaries in marriage have to do with affection and having sex. You have decided to spend your life with this one person in a committed relationship with this one person, this is where you get to express yourself sexually together. Mm-hmm. It's not so simple all the time because right. of life transitions, grief, having mm. babies, stress, yeah, and other emotional strains in the marriage that can bleed into your sexual intimacy. I want to offer some hope because it is really possible to work through these issues if you're willing to talk about it openly, mm. that when you do this, I shut down here. Or if we want to feel more free sexually, I'd like to develop our skills in being able to relate better here Mm -hmm. because I notice that that's a barrier or a a hindrance. And so having the boundary of I'm going to work on it so that it's more enjoyable for both of us and it's healthier. And again, back to that whole idea of thriving. Right. I love that you said that and and wanted to offer hope because I think it's such, it can feel really hopeless and mm-hmm. it's often not talked about. Mm-hmm. It can feel like such a, a thing to keep to yourself. There's hope. What you're hearing throughout this whole episode is communication is so important. Being able yeah. to say, like you said before, this is okay. This this makes me react in this way. Even being able to talk about initiation of sex. Mm-hmm. You know, how do you say not right now in a way that doesn't feel like it's shutting down your partner completely? How do you say, I can't do this right now, but I can do this? You know, how do you find that balance of the boundary of, of taking care of each other, giving a little bit and creating space for someone else and as part of the, the relationship, even in, in this context? Or it can feel really discouraging when you were asking your partner for some, some kind of connection for a long time and they're not quite getting it because they don't speak that language but you're discouraged Mm. and really it's about getting to the root of that discouragement to breathe life back into the relationship yeah a lot of time discouragement creates walls Mm -hmm. instead of inviting some kind of cooperation Mm. i think disappointment you're saying discouragement Mm -hmm. which is similar to disappointment but different of almost having this expectation of like, oh, I'm going to disappoint them in this way. Mm. I'm just thinking about, you know, expectations in the bedroom, whatever it might be. Yeah. And so then you kind of shut down and that can create a disconnect. And there's so much connection between sex and and connection. You know, mm-hmm. how do you feel heard and seen and emotionally supported? And, you know, that it all blends together. And it doesn't, I think it's good that it blends together. There's an author by the name of Gary Thomas who wrote a book called Sacred Marriage and another series of books called Lifelong Love. Great resource. One time he was giving a seminar and I heard him say, God, why am I so connected to my wife? Like why? Almost saying like she has this control over me because of our sexuality. In his heart, he had an insight that showed him 
in order to stay sexually healthy, we need to be emotionally connected. He called it a tethering, like it's how we're tethered together. And I think that's incredibly helpful. When we think about our spirit in, a, in our relationship with our spouse, mm. how do we interact with God in different ways? Mm-hmm. How do we interact with God in the same way? How do we expect us to interact with each other mm-hmm. and God? Yep. And that can be somewhere where we get like expectations unmet. Like yeah. uh, what does it mean to be the head of the house spiritually? Oh yeah. That oh, can be so tricky. Yeah. <laughs> and invite inviting instead of demanding. Mm-hmm. I think too, one of the things that I have found so helpful in marriage is the, the role of prayer plays mm-hmm. that yep. there've been times and I'm sure Joey could say the same about me where I, instead of bringing something to him, I've prayed for mm-hmm. it for him. And just giving it to the Lord. And obviously you have to find that line of like, where is, hey, I need this from you. Right. And where is, okay, Lord, shift this yeah, in my heart towards him or shift this in his heart towards me or whatever the situation and, and let the Holy Spirit do the work so that you don't have to essentially. <laughs> this is so true. But this is why we include the spiritual aspect of life. Yes. Because it is powerful and it is necessary And then when we talk about the soul, which is our mind or emotions, Mm. that's where we talk about that process of, do I need to keep this in my spiritual relationship with God and my faith that God's going to do a work? And at the same time, is there something I do need to say in some kind of way or is there not? And so like you're stewarding your thoughts and your emotions around it and saying, I'm going to be strategic and bring about, it took me years to Mm. even understand I mean, I was so in Matt's face over everything. This needs to change. You need to change this. And I was praying for him, but more like raising up my complaints to the Mm. Lord. Oh my gosh, I'm blushing because I'm embarrassed. But like, that's truly where I was at. Instead of praying in Mm. to his spiritual life and asking God to bless him and develop him and waiting to see where God led that. Yeah. For your own soul, for your own ability to regulate those emotions and in that release to the Lord, it actually brings a release of anxiety sometimes. It kind of reduces the the like nervousness. Mm-hmm. And God really moves in people's hearts. I mean, we both believe that. And yes. so letting that work be done in mm-hmm. someone else, which then gives you space to just watch the process happen. And yeah. it's such a powerful thing. And that's a huge boundary. Mm-hmm. that we can't, we get to utilize in order to create more connection and more joy. Yeah, such a good point. Yeah. Right, the boundary of, I'm going to pray about this as a boundary mm-hmm. to take care of myself and our relationship mm-hmm. and seek wisdom about where do I then approach and, and speak about this to, the, to my spouse. Whenever I've done that and then spoke, it's always been received so much more productively mm-hmm. right right because yeah. your heart's probably coming from in, into it from in a different place and he's also that's exactly right yeah yeah as we think about boundaries in marriage we're going to transition into our reflective meditation time this is space we take each episode to create time where you can consider this topic consider where you might need to direct healing within this topic we use specific guided prompts and and different questions and things to think about during this time and also cue you to breathe. And the, the whole idea behind breathing is we encourage you to take a deep breath in your diaphragm. And not only does that engage your brain, it also engages your body. It really helps you ground yourself in the moment and, and focus on this, this specific time and how 
you could take time to restore in this area or at least be open to where healing might need to be directed. So take a nice deep breath in and let it out. Take another breath in and notice anywhere in your body that might feel tense. When you breathe it out, I just want you to release any muscle tension. One more deep breath in and out. Notice thoughts about marriage that come up for you. What do you think boundaries in marriage are supposed to look like? Maybe you're not married, but you witnessed a marriage growing up, or you want to prepare for your marriage in the future, or you had a marriage that ended. Now notice any area where you realize that you have overstepped boundaries maybe for years or where your partner has overstepped their boundaries. Take a deep breath in and let it out. Consider what might need to happen in order to reestablish a healthy boundary. Is it pulling back in prayer? Learning to journal and process your emotions? Is it advocating or asking for what you might need? Take a deep breath in and let it out. What would it look like if these boundaries were healthy? What would it feel like? What do you need to heal? What do you want to be different? Maybe there's some words around that, some healing words that you could speak to yourself that have parental figure could speak to you or that you can ask God to speak into. Take a deep breath in and let it out. May you be at peace and thank you for finding Time to Restore. Thanks for listening. This podcast is not intended to take the place of medical or professional services please go to psychologytoday.com to search for a qualified professional in your area or you can call and ask your insurance provider.